With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A one and a two. Please hang up and try again. Listen to Kayak Fishing Radio. I'm Chip Gibson, the tree hugger, and uh, we're the folks are rolling in. Have a seat, sit down, relax. The weather is uh, wow, man! It's just been a crazy winter this year, and it is uh, it's March, and we've got 36 degrees and rain here in Atlanta. And uh, I think there was actually a little bit of sleet scheduled for tonight, so unbelievable. But anyways, we're uh, going to talk about fishing, and it'll it won't be long. I, I saw the the buds on the trees, and the the frogs are kicking it at night as when well when it's not cold, but when it's up in the 40s and 50s, they're right before sundown and. We're actually, the clocks are springing forward this weekend, so it's on the way. Let me say hi to the folks here in the house. We got uh, the Navy vet, hey, Sean, and Jim, and Yak Chum is there, and let me open it up in here in the studio. There's Jim on the north side of ATL. What's going on, man? How's it going, Godfather? Just chilly up here on the (laughs) north side. Yeah, man. Guys, guys, got to be at least a whole couple degrees colder than we are on the south side here. So, but, that's right. And, and we'll bring him in, the man, the voice. <laughs> it's, I, I tell you, that's like stepping up to the plate in Yankee Stadium. You just never know what the first pitch is going to be. <laughs> that's awesome. Good evening, Mr. Becker. Good evening, Mr. Gibson. A pleasure to be here. Hey, Jim. Yeah. So, um, Hello, sir. Well, I don't know. We didn't get any fishing in this week, this past week. How about you, Jim? Did you get down to the pond? No, but I got to break out the chainsaw. Does that count? Got to break out the chainsaw? Yeah, we're still we're still yep. feeling the uh we're in the throes of downed trees and tree branches and everything. We made a couple of trips to the dump with some uh, branches ourselves on Saturday, but 
the uh, that water the in the pond is still is the water in both the ponds is really cold, and so is the river. I don't I don't know. It'd be like ice fishing just about, except with a liquid surface surface. It looks. It all looks like chocolate milk, anyways, because all the runoff and everything. I mean, every pond that I drive by around here is it's just nasty. Like you say, should be some crappie or bass trying to get up on the beds, but you wouldn't be able to see them anyways because you can't see in the water. So, how about you, Mr. Becker? Did you make it to the water, or were this at the uh, at a Tampa Outdoor show? Weren't you? Yeah, we did the Tampa Outdoor Show uh, part of the weekend, and uh, my son, Junior Flyreel, Robert, actually got to fish with uh, Mark Nichols himself out at the Bass Pond behind in the Tampa uh, fairgrounds at, uh, in Tampa while uh, Mark was showing him how to rig and fish an airhead. So that was enough fishing for him, I guess. We did get out to do a little pond fishing on Saturday, but certainly nothing that compared to that. So, so give us some insight. Captain Mark Nichols, uh, the main man behind the DOA lures, the DOA Absolutely. shrimp. Yep, DOA shrimp, the airheads, and a whole bunch of other uh, great lures. Uh, we were at the show, and uh, the had stopped, and Robert and I were there with bull bay rods, uh, kind of working the booth, but walking around the show a little bit, and the DOA booth was right down at the end of our aisle. And we stopped, and we're talking for a few minutes about, uh, about the Adventure Fishing World Championship, where I was on Team DOA, and... Uh, you know, talked about fishing the airheads a little bit, and he's got a new trick for slicing the tail and showed Robert that. And I don't even remember what question Robert asked, but it was something about how to fish it. Well, Mark said, well, hold on a second. And he goes back behind the display, pulls out a rod with an airhead, and says, come on, let's go out to the pond. I'll show you. <laughs> so rather than, uh, rather than me go with him, so it would be me and Mark with Robert tagging along, I let Robert go by himself, and I just hung out at the booth. So he, they were gone for about half an hour. And uh, came back, and I don't think Robert's feet touched the ground for the next hour and a half, you know, because he got to hang out with uh, with Captain Mark Nichols, and uh, you know, caught a, he caught a bass. Mark caught a bass, and Robert, you know, lipped it and took the hook out and let it go and everything else, and that was just the coolest thing on the planet. So it, it was, was a good guide, time. It was guiding for Captain Mark. A- absolutely, absolutely, he was doing the outfitter role. Awesome, awesome. Yep. And, and Mark is a really nice guy. Um, I Two years ago, I went down and fished the DOA Paddlers event. And if, if you guys haven't fished that event, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're out there listening to us live, the, um, Mark Nichols puts on a great event. It's usually limited to about 100 players. Uh, they do it uh, right down in uh, uh, Fort Pierce there. And it's great fishing, some big trout in the area, snook also. Uh, I think, actually, it's uh, it's for eight, scheduled in April this year, and it's usually sold out. You have to be Johnny on the spot and watching the DOA website for when they post it. It's like it sells out in just a few days. And, uh, I mean, it's definitely worth going and fishing it at least once because uh, the entry fee that you pay, it's... 50, 60 bucks, and you get a whole tackle box of DOA lures, uh, a tackle tray, and uh, that's what you got to fish with for the tournament. It uh, usually takes about 90 to 100 inches of fish between uh, redfish, trout, to uh, to uh, get in a snook to uh, to win that tournament. But uh, awesome time! I actually won a kayak in a raffle that year, so 
it was a pretty good trip for me. So, but uh, we'll, we should have, I'll, uh, I know he's out in Texas right now or something, you said, and uh, I think we should uh, invite Mark on to the show and uh, get him on a broadcast and talk about plastics and stuff like that. The guy can, he can rig those plastics in a hundred different ways for each one of them that he has, too. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, and Sean's saying registration is closed, yeah, waiting list, yeah. Yeah, it it didn't take them long. It doesn't take long for them to sell out on that. So, anyways, um, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, let's see who we got here. But anyways, huh? I get it. Okay. And uh, but so fishing is uh, spring is coming on. Spring break is coming up, and I'm not going to say the f word. Uh, but uh, we are planning a trip the first week in April, I think uh, sometime around the 5th through the 11th, and uh, we hope to get on some fish and spend some time uh, in some warmer weather. So, But uh, what else went on at the outdoor show, man? See anything new? See anything cool? I saw lots of stuff, actually. Uh it was uh, there's you know rods all over the place. Nothing really new in terms of uh, in terms of kayak angling. There were a couple cool baits uh, that are out there. One is a actually a plastic spoon type bait. You know, a plastic all poured spoon bait that um, I was a little skeptical about at first until I took it out on a pond, out to the pond, rigged on a an extra wide gap hook, and I could skip it uh, 15 to 20 to 30 feet with a couple of casts of practice. And it seemed to me like it would be the perfect lure for skipping up underneath the mangroves or way back under docks looking for uh, looking for the snook that are hanging back under there. So I think that's uh, they've got two different sizes. They had the big size at the show, but they're coming out with a smaller size that I think will appeal to a lot of redfish uh, redfish fisher persons as well. So really looking forward to seeing a little bit more about that. Um, you know, new boats, lots of new boats. wasn't really uh, wasn't really into that, but. Um, that's that's really about it. Lots of people come in and walk around and you know kicking tires and and checking things out. Bull Bay did very well. A lot of interest. Um, but uh, that's really about it. Between that and hanging out at DOA. Cool. Yep. Sounds like fun. It they was. It was a good time. They don't have too many of those here in Atlanta. I don't know why, but it, it's more like football and stuff here. Let me say <laughs> hey to uh, caller. The award-winning, soon-to-be uh, Cecil B. DeMille to the Bad Bat Cast, Rob DeVore. Hey, Rob. I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, mm. thanks. Whatever. I'm still just Rob. Wow, you got the kids, man. Wow. That hasn't happened in a long time. So what's Usually going on? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Just uh, calling up to see what you guys were up to and finish up my ice cream after uh, eating dinner and right here at a uh, Yaktastic Central here, man. Right. So what's new at Yaktastic Central, man? I know you've been you've been threatening to release some information and I haven't seen anything on it yet. So what what's going on with you, man? 
Well, um, that got released yesterday. Um, we were uh, just wanted to tell, let you know that, um, um, you know, I found out that that we had won the award for best documentary at the Real Paddling Film Festival uh, for Everyday Push, and I, I I was just in tears, man. I mean, it was just I, you just have no idea how much work went into it, you know, and uh, you know the story is just so good, you know, it's Mike and his story, right. and it's just amazing, you know. Um, but uh, it, it was just that's the big news, you know. That was the that was very the big awesome news man. that I was going to let you in on, and you know, cool. Uh, but uh, no, I was just um, you know, we're stoked, and um, you know, uh, hopefully, people that are uh, you know ordering their film festival to come to their town will pick that movie. You know, they'll select that movie to to show, and uh, that's all that we can hope for. So you got you got some insight on how that works, man? Can you explain the process? Yeah, let's say that you want to bring the Real Paddling Film Festival to uh, to Atlanta, right? So you pay them X amount of dollars. It's pretty. It's actually affordable. Um, and then you select the. Uh, there's 25 films overall, and you select the ones that you want to show, and then you you know, whatever your, let's say you, you had it for Georgia kayak fishing and you were having an event and you were doing the Real Paddling Film Festival and uh, then you just charge admission to get in and you could probably recoup your dollars and and then some probably. Now, do they and, bring uh, like the then, big giant blow-up screen or do I have to have a venue to put it on? No, you have to have the venue and all the gear and everything. They They pretty much just send you the films. Ah. But there's some there's some good ones, man. The the whitewater stuff and is amazing. Uh some of the whitewater films are just like I mean, you just wow, you know, I just wanna stop now because I'll never make anything that awesome, you know. Oh, never say never, man. There's always gonna be something cool out there. But uh yeah, congrats, man. That's awesome and uh, it's a great film. Uh so uh, I think it's as close as it's getting to Atlanta. I think it's going to be over in Birmingham, and uh, we're thinking about taking a ride over there and watching some of the films. So we'll see. Yeah, they're, see. they're yeah. good. Yeah, they're really so. good. There's a lot of competition in there and everything, but um, since we won our category, uh, that means that we're uh, in the running for the People's Choice Award, which they select uh, at outdoor retailer. Cool. I believe. Awesome. So fingers crossed for that one too. <laughs> so you got to go to outdoor retailer to to vote, or can you vote online or something like that? I, I'm not really sure. I know that they, I know, I think that's when they select it, but I I don't know if there's a like a ballot at at the events or what. I, I'm not really sure. I, I'll be I'm going to my first event, um, uh, real paddling film festival event. Uh, May third, down in uh, Fort Myers Beach. Uh huh. Me and Mike are going down there. Uh, the Southwest. I always mess up their name. The South. You know, Benito Bob and all his clan down there. Um, yeah. You know the South Southwest. Florida Southwest Florida Kayak, Kayak Anglers Association. Yeah, yeah them. <laughs> Both them. It's like S W K K S V Y B F. Those. It's guys. all silent. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
But, uh, no, 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 uh, it, they're having a big, huge festival that weekend, like a, a kayak uh, angling and paddling festival down there. It's a, like a 24-hour fishing tournament and uh, vendors and raffles, and it's just a gaggle of stuff. It's like Disneyland for kayak anglers or something. So, And the Real Paddling Film Festival is that weekend, too, so me and Mike are going down and going to, uh, you know, talk to some folks and, that's Sign some autographs and all that good stuff. No, none of that. None of that. Yeah. We're just dudes. We're just dudes, man. We're just we're just bros. Yeah, but you're a you're award winning filmmaker, dudes, and that that's, that's a whole right. different yeah. dudeness. That's not yeah. just plain dudeness. That's that's <laughs> elevated dudeness. So it's all good. You one know, with wheels and one with a beard. Yeah. Well, he kind of tries to grow a beard, but then I, I think Stephanie makes him shave it off. So yeah. it's always been like various stages of growth. You should have seen him after he did the like 156 day or 156 mile paddle down. Uh, they they started at the north end of the lagoon and paddled the whole Indian River uh, system from I think I want to say like Mims all the way down to you know West Palm or something. I mean it was some ridiculous amount of of, you know, it took them like 21 days and they were camping out on islands the whole time and all that stuff. So it was pretty cool. You should have seen them at the end. I was like, oh, yeah, there you go, Mike. Leave that. Leave it just like that, dude. Keep it going. And and he he didn't. <laughs> oh. oh, man. So that was like the IRL paddle, right? He did that with like, yeah. uh, the, that was like the same one that D was on and stuff? Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah okay. They, they did that. It was pretty cool. Very cool. But uh, Very cool. It, it's just cool, you know, because when, you know, people that, that see the film that know me or, you know, know Mike or, you know, they're, they're going to be like, yeah, man, that was really cool. But it's really cool when, you know, people that don't know us and stuff are, are really liking the film. So that, uh, that says, you know, that makes me really happy when that sort of stuff happens. You know, yeah. It's just, all, I, all I want to do is just make, you know, good stuff and people to enjoy it, you know. It's good karma, man. Yeah. Good good karma. So what have you guys been up to, man? What's what's been going on? I've I've you know, missed your show last week, man, uh I've you know, with the AFWC and everything and I saw the the clone got the biggest trout of the tournament there, man. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh and my my newest uh buddy there uh Florida Navy vet there Duded up the uh, picture that we posted up there, so that was that was totally hilarious. And Brad got a big <laughs> kick out of it, but uh, yeah, he outfished me, man. You know, from the little wow. bitty guy, uh, he has uh, totally uh, uh, come around. And actually, we're he's not he he's a fish he's a fishing and shooting freak now, man. He we're we're doing a tournament this weekend, so. But uh, cool. no, we've been we've been trying to keep from becoming popsicles, man. The the second ice age is <laughs> happening here yeah. in the uh, in Atlanta and stuff. So got to break the ice with your kayak to get out on the on the river, right? I know, man. I'm like gonna have to put like a steel keel on the thing, you know, so we can <laughs> get our. Hopefully, ice out is on its way, and uh, we're we're actually uh, thinking about going on the road. So keep your eyes and ears open. First week in April, man, we might uh, cool. might call might might give you a shout and uh, but uh, definitely you know we we should have 
we should have you guys uh, come back, you know, and 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 you know, we'll do a broadcast and and talk to uh, to you and uh, about putting the you know the real the push together and stuff like that. So, but uh, that'd be awesome. Sure. But you guys yeah. got to get over all of your your stardom and everything like that, man. Get your yeah. get your just no stardom. <laughs> I'm still, you know, I'm still me. I, you know, we're we're filming a uh, Bass on the Road two down in the right. Everglades, and every, I know everybody's going, oh, geez. But um, that film made it into the festival too. Yeah, it didn't win any awards, of course, you know, because unless it was that was intermission and people were sleeping. But um. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. You know, we, we had fun with it. We we learned a lot from it and everything. But uh, this one is going to be a lot different. We're dragging all of those guys from the River Stalkers crew, you know, from uh, Georgia and South Carolina down here to fish for peacock bass down in the Everglades. So uh, cool. that's what's nice. going on. And, you know, we got a bunch of going with that, a little, or, you know, well, a little bit of star power anyway. So it's going to be, uh, it's gonna be a, quite a, we're a lot more organized this time and, you know, I think that Bob and Jim kind of realized that, you know, to go out and make a film, you need more than just one guy with a camera and, like, you know, six days' worth of uh, fishing trips, you know. So, right. Um, so we're going to – we're doing that, and uh, Rob Lee's coming down to, to help film and everything. It's going to be awesome. And I keep telling him I'm going to super glue that award to the hood of his truck when we're driving down to the Everglades. Cool. Well, as the security coordinator, I'm in charge of uh, velvet rope coordination, so uh, we can yeah. we can discuss that later as well. Yeah. No, it's going to be it, really cool. Um, you know, we're we're getting into some history uh, down there and everything, and swamp ape history, and uh, uh, you know, just things like that. Uh, you know, just it's, it's going to be more than just you know fishing and everything. And um, you know, Bridget Howard's in there, and uh, it's going to be a good it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Stay away from the square grouper, man. Yeah. You ever see that film? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the cinematography is not the best, but <laughs> it was yeah. an interesting story. Mm-hmm. So Miss, Mr. Becker has uh, put up the link to the uh, 2014 world tour schedule for the real paddling film festival. For those of you listening to the podcast, it's, realpaddlingfilmfestival.com R-E-E-L paddling filmfestival.com all one word and uh, look on there for the tour schedule click on that get to 2014 our buddy Rob DeVore here Uh, cinematographer extraordinaire I'll have you know Chip this is all your fault okay is that right all of this film stuff yeah because you were the guy that told me oh yeah man get a Mac Get a Mac, man. <laughs> and I'm like, so I got a Mac, and and then I'm like, on Skype with Chip one day, going, how do you, like, get the footage into iMovie and stuff, you know? And he's like showing me how to do that, and then from then on, it was just all downhill from there. I'm humble, buddy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we know we win. It's all your fault, man. All right. Well, you can blame me, uh, but uh, and uh, let's see. <laughs> What do you got there, Matt? Let me click on Matt here. He just joined us in Yak Chum from the frozen wastelands of New Jersey. Hey, good evening, Chip. And, hey. Uh, congratulations, Rob. I heard your news, man. Thank you, man. Very cool. Appreciate it. I'm definitely going to check yeah. it out. The, the, the uh, we'll film to... festival comes right through Jersey at the end of this month. So. 
we'll have to get up there and, and shoot, uh, you know, striped bass on the road. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and, and yet, the other day I was like, uh, turned on the news when I walked in the house and saw this big explosion up in New Jersey. I immediately start texting and messaging Matt, you know, and asking him if he's if that's the result of his new propane powered yak up there or something. <laughs> that, that that thing took out twenty condo units. It was wow. a mess. Feel, oh my dude. god. I feel bad for those people. They're homeless yeah. and freezing out. Yeah. What was it, a liquid propane tank or something? No, a contractor actually was digging and, and uh, hit a oh. gas main. Wow. Yeah. It just uh, it shredded one woman those died. They don't even know where she came from. <laughs> they don't know if she came out of one of the, the uh, housing units there or, or she was walking by. They just and found her on top of, of a car or something, right? Yeah. And uh, oh, a bunch terrible. of the, uh, the people that were working there got serious burns. So about a half hour south of me. So wow. thanks for your, thanks for uh, contacting me, Chip, to make sure I was okay. I appreciate that. I figured it might Glad take you a way. while to get up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, awesome. So my little link there I put up. That's my new news there. Your new news. Let's see what it says here. It's going to be noise. It's going to come out over my microphone here. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's just a, it's just a photo. Uh oh. Oh my goodness! The man is going electric. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. That's a big rig with a torpedo in a box. <laughs> torpedo in a box. I think you got to take it out of the box for it to work, man. Yeah. Well, as you can see, there's still snow. <laughs> yeah. We were getting ready for the, uh, getting ready to meet up at the Boondoggle there. My buddy, uh, Cap D from uh, Maryland there, he called me and said, dude, I can't even find my boats. They're in the back somewhere under the snow. <laughs> but it, that's cool, dude. So, in fact, that's a good lead-in because we got the tool trucks here and uh, we got Greg's garage and we're going to, we're we're going to try a new thing. We're going to take about 15 minutes here, and we're going to do some technical discussion. And, Rob, you're welcome to, hang, to, to comment and stuff, because I know some of this uh, kind of relates to, to what you do. And, and Mr. Becker has got his slide rule and calculator ready to go, and I was looking to see <laughs> if I had maybe some appropriate, uh, appropriate lead-in here, but... And while you're looking, I'll let you know that I am wearing my brand new pocket protector as well. So we're good awesome. to go. Awesome. Safety goggles. Safety goggles. Uh, two, two pair actually, belt and suspenders kind of guy. <laughs> but uh, anyways, here we go. Let's see. Let's try this one. We'll just use this one this week. We'll have to come up with one. Yes, the BCGs with the tape are also in play. That's right. <laughs> All right, so th this week, awesome. our premier version of the Tech Corner, and I haven't really thought up any real fancy name to go with it yet, but I said we we're going to talk about electronics, but you know what you need for electronics to work? Electric. Electric, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the root word in electronics, right? It's 
kind of the Canadian version. Electronics, right? So you need electricity. So we're going we're gonna to start off our technical discussion about batteries. And I'm going to refer to folks, if, uh, if, you're, if, you're on a pod, if you're listening to the podcast and all, there was actually a really interesting article done. Uh, it was published in uh, Yak Angler uh, in May of last year by a buddy up there and also in the Great White North, uh, Greg Crisp. And Greg is a real handy guy, and uh, he's always doing something out in the garage or in his workshop. He's got a, got a huge fabrication shop in there. But we're going to talk about batteries, and, and batteries are real important to, uh, to creating electronics. And you're going to take, you know, we're not like a bass boat where we've got a, a three three battery three huge giant batteries in the back underneath the uh, the rear deck back there that are putting out 36 volts and all of that stuff but definitely <laughs> uh you're, you're going to need some kind of a battery and uh-oh what was that just watching itself yeah, yeah that's awesome. you are going to need a battery, <laughs> definitely, to so power that power. phone up. Yeah, <laughs> Chip definitely needs to uh, to power his phone back up. Hold on one second. Let me just uh, make sure we don't lose the uh, the episode here. Let me keep it moving while yep. he calls back in. So with the different kinds of uh, things that we do, obviously in kayaks, uh, as Chip said, you don't have the many different kinds of batteries. Uh, in, in larger boats, you have several different batteries uh, for several different purposes. You have a cranking battery that's uh, designed to provide high current for a short amount of time to start your, uh, start your engines. Uh, and then you've generally got deep cycle batteries, which are designed to provide a lower amount of power for an extended period of time and pretty much hold their voltage continually fairly steady over the duration of time that they, uh, that they provide that for running electronics, radios, lights, and things like that. And the kayaks were pretty much limited... Uh, by weight and by size to what we can run. So most of the kayakers I know are running small uh, lead-acid sealed battery units similar to what folks use for, uh, you know, for alarm systems and small electric fences and things like that. And it looks like Chip is back in the house. Yeah, keep going. Check man. one, two. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah, actually, those little lead sealed batteries. Um, you can you can find them online at, at a decent price if you just look up uh, batteries for like a UPS battery backup for a computer. Exactly. Um, I found batteries on on eBay for like twenty dollars, and they're they're yep. they're excellent. They last years. Yep. And Chip is gone again, so he looks like he's having some uh, some phone issues. So we'll uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, but again. Most of the batteries that I'm seeing are those types. Um, batteries are categorized several different ways. They're categorized by their chemical composition. Um, you heard us mention lead acid. Uh, those are batteries that make, uh, make power by a reaction between uh, the, uh, the metal that's in the batteries and the acid that's similar to your car battery, uh, the smaller batteries. Um, you heard Matt mention sealed. There are sealed batteries, which once they're manufactured, uh, you don't add any more electrolyte or any more of the juice that's in there. Everything that's in there is in there, and when they're done, they're done. Uh, they can certainly be recharged, or there are batteries that can be maintained by adding more. 
Uh, and then there's the chemistry, again, back to the chemistry, um, lead acid, uh, some of the other batteries you might be more familiar with from your handheld electronics are alkaline batteries, uh, nickel cadmium, lithium ion, these are all referred to the chemistry that's used. The most common ones that folks are going to be familiar with for powering electronics on the water are going to be sealed lead acid batteries. Um, Chip, did you have anywhere you want to go with that? We'll check in with you see if you're actually back. I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. All right. Yeah, so good job. And and that's and that's right. So the types of batteries uh with the in and, and what what we're seeing most folks use in uh, in the kayaks now are these small about uh about three to four pound battery. It's a it's a, a, a glass matted battery. It's it's got lead inside of it, so be careful if you get one and you use it up and uh, you decide to dispose of it, dispose of it properly because it does contain lead inside. And the acid itself inside of that battery has been been gelled and it's sealed. So it can't uh, get out unless the battery itself cracks or anything. But that's what we're seeing. And typically, I know that uh, I, I look through real quick to see what some of the basic uh, systems are using. I know that Hobie... They have their uh, their bait bucket or their bait tank that they put in the in the back of the pro anglers and the outback and stuff, and that works on a six volt battery. So don't go grabbing a don't go grabbing a a Hobie battery and thinking it's going to power your uh, your fish finder because the fish finder is going to need 12 volts, all right? And voltage, right? We've got two kinds of voltage: alternating current, which is like in your house. And direct current, which is the the DC battery, and that's what we're going to be using uh, to power the systems in our kayak. And uh, looking at uh, the Greg, at Greg Crisp's article here, I think that's about when I got when I dropped out. Uh, Greg uh, produced an article at YakAngler.com uh, on fishing with kayak electronics and batteries, and uh, did a real nice job of explaining it. And he shows you how to figure out the uh, how many amps? You know, you got voltage, which is like uh, um, uh, it's you need you need direct current for the voltage. You need amps, which are kind of like the gallons per minute. It's the flow of electricity. Right. And uh, um, typically, the the a twelve amp a twelve volt DC battery. They come in, uh, I've seen them in two sizes, typically, at like Austin Kayak and Yak Gear. Um, and uh, uh, our buddies up at the Kayak Fishing Store and Sun Jammers. Sun Jammers, they're kind of, they're they're, they sell a lot of Hobies, so he's got Hobie accessories, and they're 6-volt. Uh, but you usually see a 6-volt, about a 6- about a, a to 12-amp battery. Uh, the 12-volts, I've seen them come in a 7-amp size and a uh, and a 10 amp so and the amps is it's basically if you got a 7 amp battery it's a uh, amps per hour so like gallons per hour is the flow of electricity so it's about uh, uh, seven you can you could do seven amps uh, in uh, or you could do one amp in in seven hours or seven amps in one hour but um, Brett, uh, um, Greg did a nice job in his article in that he's using a Hummingbird uh, 598 
CI. It's a color unit with HD and uh, the side imaging on it. And he said uh, it was rated at 615 milliamps. So milli being that metric system stuff, you know, like uh, Great White North and metric beers and all that stuff, right? Double it and add 30, A. Um, But uh, 615 milliamps, that's .615 amps. and and that's what it said in the in the uh, in the book for the unit, and that's what the light the backlight off. But he took he's a handy guy, and he took his amp meter and plugged it in line between the the battery and the unit with it turned on and with the backlight on full. And he said the current draw was only about 430 milliamps, so that's like you know about three quarters of what the rate what it was rated. And Greg brings up a good point or. Mr. Crisp in his article, in that, you know, when you first use a, ba- a brand new battery, after you've used it a few times, it's never going to be like brand new again. So you're you're not going to get the complete uh, rating for 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 a battery. Uh, but then it'll kind of level out and it kind of stays at about probably ninety percent or so. But uh, he basically shows you how to do the math and how to figure it out. But that uh, Hummingbird five ninety eight. CI HDSI combo with the backlight on uh, was 430 milliamps, but it's rated at 615, so he used that for his calculation, and he figured out that if he wanted to run his his fish finder for 12 hours, you'll multiply that by the 615 milliamps, came out to 7380 milliamps per hour, and he divides that by a thousand, you get a 7.38 amp hour battery. So. With one of those 12-volt, 7-amp-hour batteries that you can buy, and they're usually, I've seen them anywhere from $15 to $25, not including a charger. And uh, that'll that'll get you probably easy, a good day of fishing out on the water. And, Greg, you down in Flamingo, you were using, what kind of setup did you have in your boat? Uh, in Flamingo, I had a, uh, a Lowrance Elite 5 DSi. But to cut back on the, the power, because I wasn't sure how good the battery I had was, and it was really the first time I'd had the unit out, I was actually able to disconnect the transducer and shut off the sonar. So while the expected draw was about eight-tenths of an amp per hour, or 0.8 amp hours, um, which would mean that out of an eight-amp-hour battery, I should have expected about a 10-hour life, I was able to cut that back significantly by not using the sonar, just using the GPS and screen portion, which uh, which I think saved on the battery life uh, tremendously. Yeah, and if I, and like I said, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I had it set up uh, in uh, in a Yak Attack uh, cell block, which actually held this size battery right underneath the unit itself, mounted on one of the side rails on the uh, the Slayer Propel 13. Cool. So, and uh, Sean Russell in the in the uh, chat room there, he said uh, he brings up his fish finder uses about one amp per hour. So that's a that's huge. Sean, what kind of what kind of fish finder are you using, man? That must be a, one of those big giant screen things. Uh, yeah, I think Greg Crisp is a. I don't know if he's an electrical engineer, but he's some kind of engineer. I'm going to put the uh, uh, link in the chat room up. That's uh, that's Greg's article right there. 
And I know that Mr. Becker probably edited that one, but um, I did. But yeah, <laughs> but it's a good article, and that, and that's really kind of what I wanted to start off with our little tech talk here, first time tonight. And uh, yeah, I've seen you could. I, I found a couple of websites. There's like uh, BatteryWeb.com, and they have some different batteries. And typically, these batteries that we're using, I think. The two that I've got were actually designed for a uh, for a, 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 pow, a standby power system, an amps or a, a UPS. So, okay, so he's a dual scan with overlay, Hummingbird 988. Yeah, so you're probably around. Yeah, you're probably doing about one amp per hour. You get a 12 uh, a 12 volt with a 10 amp hour, and you should be able to run it for pretty much a day you know, at least eight hours on the water. Um, but, yeah, you know, and it's probably when it, I don't know, and Greg didn't talk about this in his article, but I think at a certain point when those batteries get down to a certain percentage, you're, you're, uh, when it gets to a certain level, it's not going to run the uh, the machine. So we'll have to uh, kind of look at that. When it gets below a certain uh, level of amps, left or, or voltage left in the battery it doesn't have enough flow i saw who was it non-pro staff murdoch there he brought up a interesting point about uh using analogy of volts how high the water is and amps is how much the water falls right is that how he said it there very good yeah how much it's flowing yep yep absolutely so water and pipe yep I wonder if it makes a difference um, if, say, you're in 10 feet of water or 1,000 feet of water on power consumption. Um, actually, I, yeah. I, I talked to the guys at Lawrence about that, and at least with the uh, Lawrence units, um, no, because the unit doesn't send, unless you are specifically limiting it to um, – specific ranges that you're looking to, the unit itself doesn't adjust its output power by the depth. Uh, at least the units that, that I was talking about and the, and the one I used sends out the same power signal every time it pings the bottom with sonar. So if you're fishing in 10 feet of water, it obviously doesn't take as much signal to send out to get a strong enough signal back to interpret. Or if you're fishing in 500 or 1,000 feet of water, obviously it takes a lot louder ping to get a good enough return back. But this unit doesn't differentiate. It sends out the same power ping every time. So That's good. Um, the, amount, the amount of power that it uses to interpret that is going to be level, and, and display that is going to be relatively level, you know, all other things being equal, uh, no matter what. So there may be units out there that do that, that adjust for, uh, you know, for power consumption, but I would think once you're getting into units that are that sophisticated, you're up out of the... Uh, you know, you're not running it off an alarm system battery. It's it's wired into your 36 volt system onto your uh, your uh, half a million dollar Bertram. So, right. Power consumption is less of an issue. Sean asks, has anybody tried a single lead battery with 22 volts? And I, I I'm not familiar with the 22 volt battery, but um, there is a possibility, and and I'm not sure. I know that, uh, like in my RV, I put a battery bank in it where I took six volt batteries and I wired them in series so it doubled my voltage I got two six volts it gave gives me 12 volts 
and it doubles my amps. Okay, so I'm getting from a, a six volt, 250 amp hour battery when I put two of them. And I'm, I think I'm right. Double check me there, Grand in, Interrogator Inquisitor. Hi, I'm about yeah. to. Are you? Is it yep. series or parallel? Well, if you if you wire batteries in series, which means you connect the positive of one to the negative of another, so you're you're like pushing two a, a car pushing another car down the road. What you're doing is doubling the voltage, so you'll increase the voltage. It's the voltage added together. So in your case, you had two six-volt batteries, one pushing the other one down the road. You have 12 volts. But it's the, if they're both the same current rating, it only, it only generates the same amount of current. So if those were six-volt, 500-milliamp batteries, you'd have a new 12-volt, 500-milliamp system. If you want to double the current, you connect them in what's called parallel. You connect the negative to negative, the positive to positive, and then connect that to the outside of the system. That's like the two cars going side by side. You've got the same amount of voltage. It's still six volts, but you've doubled the current. So you would, have your six, did, you, yeah, you would have six volts at one amp. And that's why I did four batteries. Did two Perfect. in series, and then put the two, put two in series, and then took the two pairs that were in series and put them in parallel. So that doubled the, the amps. And I'm thinking, and Sean there, he's saying he's got the one that's 22 amps there. That it was 22 amps. Um, Monster. Yeah. That would be a monster battery right there. So if you're doing one amp, and and see, like he said here, he's got 12 hours, and after it gets down to 10 volts, it cuts off. So that you might be able to. There's when the when it drops below a certain voltage, then your system is going to drop off. But um, I'm wondering if you could take like one of those little 12 volt seven amps, right, and wire those things so that you you could still get 12 volts, but you would double it up to 14 amps. And that might get you, and that's only, that would only double the little, what is that, about 8 pounds of batteries. How much is it? weighs 13 pounds. That's not bad. One of these stinking Trojan uh, golf cart batteries that I've got from my RV, those things weigh 65 yeah, right. pounds of each. Yeah. Right. So, I think uh, I think the Slayer Propel would sit a little stern low. I put it up in the bow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, put it up in the bow. Well, then you'd be shipping water over the bow handle. But yeah, yeah. So, and and Matt, what is the uh, what's the battery on the uh, Torquedo? Uh, the Torquedo battery is actually a lithium ion. So, like uh, Mr. Becker was saying earlier, it's a different chemical. Uh, 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 I forget how he was saying it, but. Um, it's actually 26.9 volts, so whatever that equals. That must be some right. European thing. Yeah, it's, well, it's just well, the way the cell is made in Germany. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah. yep. <laughs> and now I'll tell, um, tell you, on, uh, on my first fish finder that I had was a little hummingbird, little bitty unit, and what I did to put a uh, battery to that was I went to Radio Shack, and I got one of those little plastic deals that puts holds eight batteries, and I just use <laughs> this just eight cells. And you get like uh, what is it? Uh, I think uh, Greg actually puts says it. It's yeah, you get. Uh, yeah, it it gets. So you can actually run it with uh with just a couple of with the double A's. So. 
Now, there's also the charging and stuff. You get the you special, like you said, with the lithions. You need a special charger. Some of these fancy ones, like the guys are using in their radio-controlled uh, airplanes and stuff like that, you can't just put those on a regular charger. That's going to mess them up. But uh, but just the little AGM batteries that we're using in the kayaks, they won't spill. Uh, you don't need to use the uh, the big trolling motor batteries. And they, you can you can uh, you can run them a couple of you can charge them a couple thousand times and they'll work out okay. But uh, so that what do you think? That's a good good uh, good point for our first tech talk. And maybe uh, oh, that maybe, sounds good. I didn't realize yeah, we had so many electrical so. engineers. Yep, the only thing <laughs> I would add, Chip, is to just make sure that whatever you do, you pay as much attention to your charging system as you do to your battery. Because not only can, if you use the wrong charger, either the wrong voltage or you attempt to overcharge or you use the wrong type of charger for your battery chemistry, you can not only ruin the battery, but you can blow the battery up, you can overheat the battery, cause a fire, burn your house down, kill your family. Not to overstate that, but just pay attention and make sure that you're, you're using the proper type of charging system for, uh, for your investment in your battery. And be, be prepared that the right type of charging system for that battery may cost you as much as the battery itself or maybe more, but just make sure you invest in the right uh, the right tools for that. Absolutely. Yeah, don't forget your battery is also a great survival tool where you can actually uh, cross a wire to cause a short circuit and get some fire going. Or make toast. Make toast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like toast. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, Sean, their Florida Navy vet, he says, uh, never leave them discharged, your batteries. Always charge them back up before you store them. They'll, uh, they'll last longer that way. So, all right. Yeah, and I've heard you're not supposed to leave them on a concrete floor also. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard that. Is there any Mr. Becker? Bus, is that an urban legend or what? No, it's not. Uh, I was always not taught to set them on a piece of wood, or, you know, yep. put them on yeah. on a piece on a two by four or something. Yep. Isolate the temperature. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and if if you've never seen one blow up in the winter when the battery freezes, um, I could I could send you pictures of my old uh, detached garage that had. Uh, battery acid stains on everything from one end of a 10 by 24 garage to the other end from where uh, I guess I wasn't paying attention when I plugged the uh, plugged the charger back in and left it on a, on a partially frozen deep cycle battery and just blew it to pieces. I did. Daggum. I've actually yep. seen a... I thought I was outside. I've, the lithions, I'd be careful with those. I've seen the, those are what are typically in your uh, laptop battery or laptop batteries, and I've seen those do a uh, cell runaway. And uh, I mean, there's some great YouTube videos on them from people in. Uh, uh, I, I saw the the training film from uh, the FAA. They were trying to limit people. That's one of the reasons why they were didn't want people uh, taking battery you know battery powered equipment onto airplanes because you get a cell runaway, and those things will go. They just burn up, and they start popping right. and cracking and stuff. And actually, I think there was a uh, mishap in an aircraft where a uh, – I don't know if it brought the plane down. I can't recall the complete story now, but I do know yeah. that it was a uh, guy traveling to a job site, and he had a rechargeable screw gun or something in his in his uh, 
carry on and it got hot and sucker started a fire. <laughs> that must have felt real good on that little confined plane. No. Uh, well, wasn't that uh, the the thought behind? They thought that was what brought down. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, what the fight was that went down in the uh, in the Everglades? That uh, there was a conversation about uh, whether or not that. No, those were those were, those were actually uh, <laughs> oxygen generators. Okay. But there was a, yeah. Well, there was a whole conversation though about the oxygen generators being similar to, and that's that's what they based it on when they stopped uh, allowing them to transport or to ship lithium-ion batteries. Uh, by air for a while because of that, because they said it could have the same type of effect. And uh, Sean put up the 787 Dreamliner, same thing there with those batteries. Serious issue. So, battery discussion, I think we're good. And uh, we'll come up with some better music, but... That's been uh, Tech Talk on Kayak Fishing Radio for... And... uh, I guess if you want to hear something special on Tech Talk, uh, drop us a line on the Facebook page there and say, hey, talk about this next week. And we'll, Mr. Becker, and uh, I was thinking if I get, got a hold of, of Matt, you know, early on in the game, we would just have him take on the persona of tool trucks. And, uh, you know, we could we could pose questions nice. to him. Very nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sean wants better music. All right, Matt, work on some some better music for us, man. All right. Called to get some uh, techno robotic music for Tech Talker. Yeah, that's it, man. Some hydraulics working. You yeah. know, maybe. Uh, yeah, what we need to do is we need to commission Mr. Devore with GarageBand to put yeah, them together for that. There you that's go. It. Oh, Jim wants to know about GoPros. Dude, that stuff is so hard, man, because they're little tiny cameras and. I don't know. All right. Well, we might be able to talk about cameras one weekend. So. Get the bad badcast to give a give a talk about it. You know my problem with those cameras? I can put them all over my kayak and everything, but I forget to turn the daggum things on. Yeah, that's why you got to get the little wrist remote controller that turns <laughs> them all on with one flick of a button. Yeah. No, I tried that, so dude. <laughs> and I couldn't get them all to work. You know, you gotta you gotta sync them all up. So if you got more than one camera, so that they'll all turn on at the same time. Nah, one would oh, turn yeah. on, one wouldn't. No, <laughs> that's that's too in depth for me. So, anyway, that's why we need to do a tech talk on it. All right. So maybe next time we'll we'll go on the cameras. But I think we'll we'll maybe work on maybe uh, maybe another week on electronics. We'll we've got the power now, so we'll. Uh, We'll see what we can attach things to, because you know one of the things I'm seeing on kayaks now, and, <coughs> and it's uh, kind of a trend, are lights. You know, going to pimp your kayak, man, with some with some glow lights and interior lights and all that good stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, courtesy lights and a, and a... well, yeah, you laugh, but maybe coming to a Slayer <laughs> Propel near you in the near future. There you go, right? All right. Anyways, 
Are you going to coordinate? Are you going to coordinate the color of the neon light to the color of the kayak and put them right below the water, kind of like the lights that are on the big, you know, the big yachts that shine Dude, down we, in below the water? We had those light strips at the boondog. We had those light strips see, at the boondog, man. You could change the color of them and everything. It's very cool. Yeah. See. Oh, so good right. looking now. There you go. That's right. I'll work on the sound system. Awesome base nice. out of the there, you, there you go, man. We'll do a little thump and a little tub thump. <laughs> Subs. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we're around to the top of the hour. We'll go along and Matt. Uh, it's still cold up there. Still like there was snow. It doesn't look like your boat's going to get out on the water anytime soon. Well, it's supposed to be 50 degrees on Saturday, so I'm thinking about uncovering the boats, and uh, I'm going to try to get that motor installed that, that's my uh, number one prerogative awesome so we'll see like uh we'll see like a little article put up on that and some pictures of the install and all that good stuff absolutely all right yeah. and then uh, at, at, some blog, point, so. at some point we'll do a tech talk on uh motors for your kayak right yeah sounds good very cool jim uh on the north side hit the pond this weekend maybe Maybe. I've done all my chainsaw work, so if it warms up a little bit and I can get a little free time, I might do that. Right. And Mr. Becker? Yep, I'm looking to uh, possibly get out and uh, and throw one of the new bull bay rod setups with the microwave guides that I'm uh, doing some uh, some evals on, seeing how the microwave guides throw on, uh, on those rod setups. And I'm uh, probably going to be Playing with the differences between paddling, standing up, and and pulling uh, the Slayer Propel 13. I've got uh, got a big big old closet rod rigged up uh, similar to what our, our buddy Bill Howard used to use, and I I am a shameless imitator when it comes to things that work, and he certainly proved how well that works. Um, so I may give that a shot, and uh, while we while we look to advance the state of the art, but just uh, just see how the the Propel pulls in the shallows. Awesome, and I got some new toys coming that we'll be trying out too. So maybe save that article for a couple more weeks. So absolutely. But uh, all right, folks, that was it, and uh, we appreciate you guys, Matt, Jim, Mr. Becker, uh, uh, Bad Bad Cast there for joining us tonight. The folks in the chat room, John and uh, Mr. Murdoch and Sean Russell and uh, the Navy vet there. We uh, actually will be seeing you guys down in Florida, not too far out. I'm not. I don't want to make too much about it because I don't want Joe Boo to get interested and start looking my way when I head that way. Because I know the weather mm-hmm. that you had today was not my fault. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. All right. So we'll see you next week, Monday night. Uh, Chuck kicks it off with the Monday night uh, kickoff Redfish Chuck show. Tuesday nights we're over in Texas with Jaron Wozel and uh, on Wednesdays the Low Sodium Show with our uh, landing crew uh, Mark Wheeler join us this time next week and uh, we'll uh, see you next time take a kid fishing I'm going to be taking mine shooting this weekend so get them outdoors and uh, we'll see you next week and that's it for tonight thanks guys
With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.